go first. Okay. Hey, everyone. My name is Sambal Siddiqui, the mayor of Cambridge. And I'm Alana Mellon, vice mayor. And this is our podcast, Women Are Here. It is April 24th, and we are here with you, safely distancing in the mayor's office um, with masks on. Hello, Cambridge. We've missed you. Yes, it's uh, been a, a while since we've done this. I mean, it might, what day ha- is it it? might be 457 <laughs> years, but it was maybe three weeks ago. Was mm, I? I honestly, I've lost track of the days. <laughs> it's May next week. It's gonna be May. <laughs> uh, I cannot believe that it's gonna be May. By the way, did I forget your birthday? You no, my birthday was February 10th. Okay, did I do something? Uh, y- I think you got me something. Uh, you got me a card. Is that it? I think. Madeline and I, your chief of staff and I, were talking about how much you love your birthday and how good you. And I was like, I don't think I did anything for her this year. I didn't have a any no no resolution. Yeah. Oh my god! I know you. I wrote you such a good one for your <laughs> I birthday. Know, I know. It's okay. It's okay. Who's 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 keeping tabs? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I am. I know I'm not doing anything for you next Whip year. Without your pad of paper and where we're keeping track of like who did what. <laughs> I'm <know>. sorry. No, <laughs> it's totally no. You. I think you did something. Oh, then you didn't didn't feel good, and you didn't come out after that meeting oh my either. god worst friend ever oh my okay. god okay anyway this is yeah yeah it's okay it's okay i'm gonna go cry here we are yeah here we are um so this is your second podcast of the day the first one was with mayor curtitone uh of somerville and i actually don't know how to feel about this i had to learn for myself um <laughs> that it was happening on twitter with the rest of the world and i i felt a little like sad about it it's because you didn't remember my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Joe no. did a nice resolution for he you did, over in Somerville. Did. No, honestly, <laughs> this this uh, this podcast came about like such a long time ago, and I kept being like, oh, no, I'm not really interested. What was it called? Like Go- Two I, Mayors, One Podcast? It's got, it's got the golden hour. It's this kid. Oh, who, okay. Young man who does it. And he, he I think Mark was on last year. It's, it's just... He's he's funny. Um, the I almost called it the Golden Shower podcast, <laughs> and I was like, "That's not right. Wait, that's disgusting." That's wrong. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, they they had asked, they kept asking, and I kept saying no, and then like finally, like I was like, "Fine." I didn't even know what I was really agreeing to, and then I learned, "Oh, it was, it's with Joe as well." And so it happened really quickly. It was I meant to tell you sure, it was not sure. no, it's intentional. Fine. It's fine. Um, but it happened. I'm not hurt. But you're my number one. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't really have, as you know, I, you know, I don't have that much free time um, at all. But uh, on Monday, I did. You know, it was oh, the holiday. It was Patriots. Day. Yeah, and so I I watched a lot of TV. Okay. And I haven't in a long time, so I watched a lot of bad documentaries, and one um, was called The Rachel Divide. And I'm watching it and I'm like, you know what? I want to watch it. And I also want someone else to watch it so like they can talk to me about it. <laughs> so I texted Lana and I and was I, like, right. Can you watch that was this? your birthday present, by the way, <laughs> that I also watched that horrible <laughs> documentary about Rachel Dazel or Dashel. Who knows? Dolajal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she was the NAACP president in Washington, but she was not black she's she's a white she's woman. white yeah but she she <laughs> the point of the movie which i can't believe i spent 90 minutes of my life watching um <laughs> was that she feels that she's transracial yeah 
Yeah. Right? Like she feels like a, a black woman. And so it's okay for her to present. It was a weird, it was a really weird documentary. I, I ended up feeling like really sad about it. After, like not for her, but for her kids. Right? Like yeah. I just felt like, what is she doing? Anyways, it was not great. Don't watch it. Please, nobody. Please, no one watch it. I just, I had, <laughs> I anyway. myself Anyway, now. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I am watching, actually, I also don't have a lot of free time, but I do like to watch something before I go to bed at night. And I've been watching Mrs. America on Hulu, and it's so good. It's um about the women's liberation movement and the second wave uh, of feminism in the 1970s. And it's about that Phyllis Schlafly person who was the, like, the anti-ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment person. So she, like, organized so that they wouldn't be able to ratify the ERA in 38 states, which is what it needs to add to the Constitution. What a jerk that lady is. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it also follows um, Betty Friedan, who is the, the considered the mother of the women's liberation movement in the 70s, uh, Gloria Steinem, Shirley Chisholm, who actually is that woman who's um, – she lives here in Massachusetts – or she's from here in Massachusetts. She was the Crazy Eyes – Oh, she's uh, funny. She's so good from uh, Orange is the New Black. She plays Shirley Chisholm, and she does such a good job. Um, and Kate Blanchett plays that Phyllis Schlafly person. Uh, it's it's really good. It's really an interesting deep dive into um, the the Equal Rights uh, Amendment movement and feminism in the 1970s and how, you know, there's already, like, Shirley Chisholm was running for president. All the white women, like, kind of ran away, right, right at that last moment where she needed everyone's support. So there's... There's a lot going on, and um, it's what's it on? Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Um, and four episodes are out, and I think it's only a total of six or seven. So, but it's very well done, and it's um a lot of really great people. Um, so, what was that? Rose Byrne is uh Gloria Steinem. She's really good. She's so good. She's so good. Um, yeah. So okay. So yeah, Monday. That's great. Yeah, it was uh, it was nice to. have something interesting to watch because yeah. everything is awful but but uh, yeah monday was patriots day as you were saying and uh, we didn't have a regular meeting but uh you know i felt like it was important to hold a meeting so we could continue with our weekly covid related updates from the city manager and his staff especially from the public health department so we do have some updates yeah it was a really interesting meeting i was glad that we had it because i felt like um during like i said during a public health crisis we should at least hear from our public health officials uh, about what's going on in here in Cambridge. So we heard a lot about um, the case counts and the number of deaths here in Cambridge. So as of yesterday's update, we have 650 residents in Cambridge that have tested positive and 35 people who have died. Of those 35 people, 28 were residents of the seven nursing homes here in Cambridge um, and seven residents were living in the larger Cambridge community. So um, if you um, did not know, the city of Cambridge partnered with the Broad Institute to do rapid testing in all of our seven nursing homes. We had over 1,000 people tested. I think it was 1,050. And 212 residents and staff were um, COVID positive. So this has been heartbreaking for so many families who have lost loved ones or haven't been able to visit their loved ones for almost six weeks. Um, if you uh, are interested in getting more information on the age breakdown or the case count related issues, you can go to the city's web de- dedicated website, um, cambridgema.gov slash COVID-19 slash case count. Um, that's updated every single day around six o'clock, I believe. I kind of mm-hmm. keep refreshing um, at six o'clock. 
We were also told on Tuesday night that racial demographics will be added this week. So this is something that nationwide um, there has been a lot of call uh, for action on getting the racial data and breakdown during the uh, COVID crisis and not sort of an, an afterlook, be able to really respond in the moment. I didn't see them in there today, uh, but every day I really hope they'll be there. As Claude Jacob, who is our public health uh, officer, commented at the meeting, this data will be incomplete since racial data is not always entered into the MAVEN system, but um, they will start reporting it. So I hope to see that very soon. Awesome. Uh, we also heard an update from Human Services, uh, who talked a bit about my fund, the Mayor's Disaster Relief Fund. And I wanted to give an update to and just first off thank all the people who've donated there's so many there's over thousands of residents who have donated to the fund it's amazing or everything from five dollars to to a thousand to our um, corporate donors uh, to Kata who stepped in early on with two million biogen with one million mit's donated biomed realty um, mf kane contracting uh, we had um, bishop green from christian mission pentecostal uh, donate as well. Um, Cambridge Side Partners LLC, the Giovanni Family Limited Partnership, the PDB Foundation, Cambridge Trust, Alexandria, Divco, a lot of corporates um, sponsors, and the lot list is growing. So really appreciate um, that we've been able to pay out. We cut checks twice a week. So there has you know there we got a question last night. Um, who you know we've been sending out updates of. And one of the questions was, oh, this is a lot of money. Can it be just done faster? And th the way we've been able to do it, this this is the application process opened the 13th. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, there was there has been a kind of what's been difficult is that when we get the applications, not all the applications have the information or, you know, that they, they need. And um, a lot of our um, people who are on, on phones, ha really you're helping the, the resident start the application from start to finish. And so there's language barriers. There's a lot of different things that go into each application just to have it submitted. And uh, I feel like, did Ellen say that there are 50 yeah. Department of Human Service employees that are, are helping to work on this? Yeah. there's That's amazing. Yeah. So a lot of people are working on it. We're reviewing. Um, I, there's a new check. There's a check that's going to be cut today. Uh, and I think now we're at um, over 300K oh, nice. uh, that we'll be distributing. So um, that's over uh, 200 families uh, that we're helping. And so it's an, it, it, I think that number, as, as this comes, ab as the application process gets more streamlined, um, will, I think will be a little bit faster. But we have received over, um, just this week, we had 650 applications in review. So, yeah. Oh, wow. uh, and then it, the total number of the f in the fund was what three point five million. Right now it's about three point uh, five. Uh, no, it's three point six. Three point six. And so, and how many total applications have been received to at this point? You know, I think over a thousand at this oh, point. Oh wow! Um, okay. We have so I do have the updated um, numbers. I th I just checked on the site because they were just updated this morning. So we've been able to um, so far help. Uh, 256 families, and then that is almost $350,000 that has been distributed, and so the next check will be cut next week. And um, So twice a week they will go out yes. once these applications are complete yeah. and um, as they keep coming in. I, um, I have a 
a woman that I know at one of our schools who texted me this week to say that her mayor's fund application was approved. And she sent me this text. I just wanted to read it to you because I, I want you to know that you are this is something that's really helping people and the residents who are listening, who have donated or are thinking about donating. Um, what she said was, I couldn't be more grateful. Just wanted to let you know. It feels amazing to have that help. Our rent, utility bills, it's like we can breathe for a longer period of time. And that's really what we're talking about. We're really talking about some of our residents needing to have that relief and that breathing room um, in this COVID crisis. So it's awesome that a thousand residents have, have contributed. It's so amazing that our commercial um, our commercial tenants have really stepped up and yeah. Um, yeah. given in big ways, in small ways. It's um, we're it's grateful and we're really fortunate to have this kind of community. So we're gonna we're continuing to accept donations and applications. So please spread the word and go to cambridgema.gov slash mayor's fund application to apply. Awesome. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so then so there was the mayor's fund update. There was the um, the case count update, and then there was also an update from the Cambridge Health Alliance. So Dr. Luan Bruno Martha gave us an update on how the Cambridge Hospital is doing during the medical scur- surge, and I was relieved to hear that we're actually okay. Um, as of Tuesday, she said we've hospitalized a total of nearly 450 patients with COVID. 81 of those patients have been on ventilators, but she said the good news is. We've now discharged nearly half of those patients. On Tuesday, during the update, there were a total of 106 patients hospitalized with either confirmed or suspected COVID and 14 patients were on ventilators. Uh, On Monday, 19 patients had been discharged, so the staff was feeling really good about those numbers. She said the Cambridge Hospital was doing a good job at keeping patients out of the intensive care unit or their surge critical care units because they were using, um, I thought this was so interesting, they're using a high flow oxygen on the medical surge floors um, and they have capacity in the critical care areas because they're using that high flow oxygen to keep people out of the ICU. And she also said that they have ventilators um, in ample supply. So that was a, a big worry of mine that we didn't have enough ventilators for to handle the surge. Um, but sounds like, you know, they felt like they're in pretty good shape. The, she reported that the Cambridge Hospital has out actually been in their surge now for two weeks and that they hit their surge a week before Boston did. Dr. Bruno Martha said, and I quote, we are starting to believe that we're seeing glimmers of hope and we're starting to feel much better about the fact that we are not going to have to ration ventilators. So that's the good news, Uh, which made me breathe a a sigh of relief. And I I hadn't even realized I had been holding it in Mm -hmm. for six weeks. But when she said that, I was like, okay, maybe maybe we're going to like, make it through this like all the things that we've done to flatten that curve really worked right so that's awesome yeah it was great hearing it and it was great to also hear about um well you i think you'll talk about the the big one later but um you know i i think a lot of the challenges that they discussed were around um accessing ppe uh and that has been very difficult to find, but they've been able to use a UV disinfection um, of their N95 respirators, and that continues twice a day. Um, we also saw a video about a CHA nurse who said that when she gets to work, her N95 mask had been disinfected during her shifts and was waiting for her with her name on it in a sealed plastic bag. Um, and then another challenge they talked about uh that they had was with isolation gowns and having to reuse those during shifts 
And so now they use, uh, it's I think they call it the Tyvek suits. Yep. Yeah, which are disinfected in between patients and they they might go through two to three suits in a shift. So that's huge. So there's also a disinfection process that seems to be a partnership with Novartis, which is in Cambridge. So thank you, Novartis, to disinfect isolation gowns for patients. And so Novartis loaned two of their um, vaporous hydrogen peroxide machines to sterilize the gowns for reuse. Um, I That was so fascinating to me that like we have these <laughs> corporations here in Cambridge that can just kind of step in with a hydrogen peroxide vaporous machine to help um, in this um, pandemic. So that was I- incredible to hear, and thank you, Novartis. Uh, Dr. Bruno Martha went on to say that she also felt confident about the supplies that they had of the Tyvek suits, gowns, and N95 masks. And then lastly, she talked about the need to have alternative sites for COVID-positive patients who need to isolate but can't do so at home without risk of infecting household members. So if anybody's following the um, Chris Cuomo uh, story, uh, so Gov- Governor Cuomo's brother yeah. was COVID positive and was video, you know, telling us every day how he was feeling. Um, he was really, really worried about his wife um, contracting uh, COVID. And unfortunately, that has happened. So in China, um, she said the household infection rate is 17%. So that's going to be a really a next big like kind of public health push and focus area is finding safe isolation patient places for positive patients to really limit that risk mm-hmm. and of, of transmission. And 17% is pretty high. So the War Memorial Emergency Homeless Shelter opened fully this week, and there are currently around 50 shelter guests. Uh, there was a delay in opening for a few reasons, and we heard about this on Monday, on Tuesday. Um, one was that we wanted to deploy the same rapid testing with the Broad Institute that we used to test our nursing home residents and staff um, and shelter guests at the War Memorial. At the warming center, 30 guests were tested and three guests and one staff member tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and at 240 Albany Street, about 100. And one guests and 16 staff were tested, and 13 guests uh, tested positive, and zero staff tested positive. So all the shelter guests who tested positive were transported to a hotel um, in Everett and um, Lexington to isolate and care and be cared for. Uh, so what that means is these percentages of about 13, 40 percent positive among the homeless shelter population population is actually much lower than the regional average, which tends to be uh, more like 30% or higher. So, um, for example, at the Salvation Army Shelter in Central Square, the population was tested, and of the 48 shelter guests, 21 were tested as positive, and that's 48%. That's a lot, and um, I think it was a, a real concern when we started seeing those numbers out of Boston and other places where it was more like 30% mm-hmm. and higher that I think you know we really wanted to deploy that, that same this rapid technique. testing and technique for with the Broad um, to ensure that the residents uh, at 240 Albany Street and the Warming Center, um, both who were staying uh, at 240 Albany Street, but also moving into the War Memorial, were were um, negative, so that we could you know make sure that we're not spreading and transmitting the disease, the virus um, among our very very vulnerable population. And one of the things I said on Tuesday night is I'm I, I, I'm happily you know. 13% is still a lot of people. Um, but when I went out on the, the first step uh, outreach van mid-February um, and was, you know, going out into the city and, and 
bringing uh, homeless folks into shelter at 240 Albany Street, even then it was very, very clear that there was um, some procedures in place to ensure the safety and non-transmission of the COVID virus when at that time, you know, we were, we were talking about it, but it wasn't, we weren't putting those same procedures into place here at City Hall or, or at other places. And so it's um, clear to me that, you know, the, the low rate of transmission is because uh, Baco was very, very proactive in what they were doing there to, to make sure that their uh, shelter guests were safe. So uh, the, you know, the Salvation Army shelter that you mentioned earlier that had 48% is considered a cluster um, which is what I'm being told by our health department. So um, that is being treated as a cluster and people are being moved and isolated um, to those same hotels. And uh, so anyway, that is a, a big long dump on the on what's happening in our homeless community. Um, but also in the good news category on Monday night, there is a city manager agenda item asking the council to appropriate $115,000 from free cash to continue to operate the Y2Y homeless youth sh shelter in Harvard Square. I'm so relieved that the shelter, which houses 18 to 24 year old homeless residents, will be allowed to stay open uh, at least until May 31st with this appropriation. Because the Harvard students that normally staff the shelter are gone and with the additional cleaning and food requirements in place to keep those shelter residents safe, the operating costs are much higher than anticipated and the city has stepped in again to help with funding to keep their doors open for at least one more month. So that's amazing. Um, thanks to um, our Department of Human Services for working on that. I know it, um, it has been a little bit of a journey to get here, but um, that I was very, very glad to see that appropriation on for um, Monday night and that this that shelter will stay open at least until May 31st. Yeah, really happy to see that. Some other news this week uh, that's very relevant uh, is that the governor announced school buildings are not going to reopen this school year, uh, but distance learning will continue, and the school committee has been meeting uh, on that. We've had some virtual subcommittee meetings, and we'll have some stuff coming up on that, but it's, it's, uh, this is, I just, you know, we both tweeted this uh, and, and <laughs> talked about <laughs> this. Our tweet was like almost the exact same wording. Uh, <laughs> so just about our seniors. I know, uh, and how much they must be feeling, and we um we we've been talking to some seniors about just like what can we do, you know. I loved the um the picture that we were trading back and forth about having the high school seniors photos yeah. up on the banners along Mass Ave, and yeah. if that was something that we could do to honor our seniors. I'm sure we have 500 seniors. <laughs> we have 500 seniors, but Mass Ave is really long. It is. It is. So uh, we were gonna um. <laughs> How many light bulbs we got? <laughs> we're just like, oh yeah, this is work. We're gonna ask Steve when Oh, did you see the virtual prom that John Krasinski did? No, that's so cute. I love him. Oh my god, he's the best. But I was like, oh my god, we have some. Is he handsome? He's flying. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, he and his wife both—they're so cute. I didn't realize that she was—he was married to her, and <laughs> he started doing that, like that Good News Network, and I was like, what's her you name? Emily Blunt. You didn't know that they were married? No. It's really funny. He has a bit on it. He's like, a lot of people are shocked that Because I don't think he's attractive. <gasps> oh, my God. I find <laughs> him really attractive. He went to Brown. So, you know, oh, we have that course. connection. Oh, of course. So, you, you guys you are know, or friends. Oh, but I was going to say, you know, for the seniors, like, we have so many, you know, of us, these alumni. Right. Oh, right. Matt Damon. Um, right. Ben Affleck. Mindy Kaling is from Cambridge. Like how but she didn't go to school here, did she? She went to BB and Ed. Um, but uh, that's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's fine. But 
I wish wa- I, w- I want to like it's like they should do something with the seniors. Come on. Who do we know that knows them? I don't I don't know them at all. Ma- Mark. Mark went, it was their year. Right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Counselor McGovern was in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Claim to fame. Anyway. Anyway, we got sidetracked. So we do have a few questions um, that came our way. Uh, one of the biggest questions is um, we've been getting as a city is. Uh, whether we can mandate the wearing of masks in public. So last week, we asked the city to mandate the wearing of masks in stores, but there's been some confusion about whether we can mandate them outside or not. So the AG's office uh, said that we could only do an advisory to residents to wear a mask, but that we couldn't require it. it. But then Brookline and Everett have mandated the wearing of masks in public, and the AG said um, to Councilor McGovern, AG's office uh, said that... um, when he spoke to them that we could actually mandate that mandate the wearing, but that hasn't um, been confirmed in writing. So there is a council order on Monday uh, night asking for the city manager uh, to determine the feasibility of requiring masks to be worn uh, to p- uh, put forward by Councillor uh, McGovern and it's co-sponsored. But you and me. Yeah. yeah. Am I on it? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if I was on it. I think so. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think this is like our number one thing that people ask us is like, why aren't people wearing masks outside? And then uh, we get a lot of emails telling us the percentage of people that people saw without masks versus people with masks. Um, I feel like I get a lot of emails saying I was at I I took my nightly walk and 80 percent of people were not wearing masks outside. So um, this is something I, I know um, Councilor McGovern mentioned it on Tuesday night that it is complicated. And how do you like are we going to have our police like ticket people? I mean, I don't think it has to be complicated. We just say you have to wear a mask outside and, you know, Brookline and Everett are doing it. I don't think people are getting tickets, but it's really just a signal that like, okay, it is safer for everybody to just be wearing masks outside. Um, I, I just don't think it's complicated. So I think we should just do it. Um, another question that we got asked was, um, can restaurants convert to have a you know small grocery store inside. So Somerville had a big announcement this week that they were allowing restaurants to sell grocery items, and that prompted lots of residents to ask us if we could do the same, which kind of confused me because Forage on Craigie Street has been doing this for weeks, and Grendel's Den in Harvard Square just started this practice. So I know that the business associations have been actively recruiting restaurants for this type of business pivot, but have not had a lot of luck finding any from um, the tweets that I exchanged with Grendel's. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of a high margin, profit margin yeah. in, in it. So, um, but the, with the news this week um, that you mentioned about the schools not reopening and the general conversation from the governor's office about what a reopening looks like and when, especially for restaurants, it might start to make more sense to make this type of pivot. Um, so I know there's a lot of local farms too that yep. lost a whole food distribution channel when over half of our resident re- restaurants closed. So it will be really important that we find avenues for this locally grown food um, to support our local farmers since we have deep food insecurity in, in Cambridge and in Massachusetts. Um, the food insecurity is only getting um, higher and higher every single day uh, as this public health crisis goes on. Yeah, and actually Boston just did the same. But so Boston had been shutting down its restaurants. Yeah. Their inspectional services had been going out saying it's not zoned for grocery stores. Right. So I think they just came out with um, some kind of, what is it? They just revert. 
someone just tweeted at me you're now time for you cambridge <laughs> i get so many tweets about all of this but this is live um they just came out with a it's, i guess it's let me give me one sec give me one sec um do, 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 do. i don't know how to do twitters um <laughs> twitters <laughs> Uh, the city of Boston is going to allow restaurants to sell groceries. <laughs> That's the tweet I got. <laughs> oh, that, that was definitely worth the wait. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no. It's, uh, <laughs> but so like, I so my point was I was very confused is because our restaurants are already right, doing right, this. Right, right. So it may be that our zoning doesn't preclude our restaurant from doing it. So I so this we're so anyway th- we we both have inquired with the city manager and our departments on this and we're we're going to figure out some of the what's happening okay because i think it is kind of feel like it's like a don't say anything that's that's (laughs) yeah listen up everybody don't say anything but people are going to start doing it and don't say anything yeah because these restaurants have to do something to stay afloat i mean if we're talking about as somebody was saying um i listened to the podcast the daily and this um this reporter that reports on infectious diseases was saying like a reopening looks like a 40 seat restaurant um, with the six foot distancing. It would be um, only 10 seats in a restaurant would be able to be filled. This is, this is during a reopening, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So there's not a universe where on July 1st, every restaurant just opens up and everyone just, just goes out to eat. I mean, even if, even if people had the money to do it, which they probably won't um, just, public health wise they won't be allowed to so restaurants are going to have to try to figure out and you know cities are going to have to try yeah. to really be creative in helping them get through this really hard time i just yawned i'm sorry it's okay <laughs> you're not boring it's fine. <laughs> so another question we got uh was we live in the biotech capital of the world why aren't we testing every individual in cambridge such a good question so i think what we are we're finding is that we have a testing shortage and mm-hmm. we've been able to do tests uh, bec- for of some of our vulnerable um, populations and some of our frontline workers. Uh, but why isn't there universal testing and why aren't there any spots in Cambridge? And we got a similar question for the city manager's Q&A that um, Oh, that was this week to. too? That was this week too. That video should be coming out I mean, out I'm just really jealous right now. Are you? Oh, I know. Like you Joe Curtatone, Louis de Pasquale. <laughs> the women are here. I know. Okay. I know. I'm spending way too much time with, with men, dudes. <laughs> with dudes. But uh, all I to say, I think, what was what was I saying? So we right now, if you are testing for COVID, if you feel like you have symptoms, the only thing you can do is call your healthcare provider. You and can't go to the drive-in testing at Somerville Hospital. You can go to the. I was going to get there. Oh, sorry. So I'll just be quiet. <laughs> Thank you. This is why we broke up. <laughs> you did not break up. Pushy. It was a birthday, remember? <laughs> so uh, the uh, you can if you have symptoms, y- if you exhibiting symptoms, you can call your healthcare provider. Healthcare provider will either say, "Sure, come on in," um, and maybe there will be a maybe they have testing, and if they don't, they'll refer you to a testing location. Oh, okay. You need a referral. You need a referral. You always need a referral. You can't just be you like, can't just I walk in to Cambridge Hospital and say, "Okay." Um, you you usually like I have a fever and I think I have COVID. You will need to get a referral. Okay. Um, if you are a Cambridge Health Alliance patient, right? Okay. Yep. Uh, which I am actually. Me um, too. You are oh, mm-hmm. twins. Uh, you have the same doctor. I don't have a doctor right now. She oh. retired. Oh. And so I'm like they I put me with someone. I don't even know her name. I got a Dr. Amy Smith. 
Oh, I love her. You sh- you should. That should be your daughter. I oh yeah maybe okay twins all right we can do that. Uh, so we um you can go to the drive through testing in Somerville, but right now we have to we have to figure out a plan how to test our just more of the population and it's really the the, sw- the issue of swabs and the reagents and so forth. But well, I guess that was the question, right? Like we learned the biotech capital of the world. Like why can't we just go to like Novartis so did its vaporous right right. W- so I think right now was. the plan is that some of these biotech companies have s- really stepped up and said, here's money, here's um, PPE, here's right, this, right. here's that. But really our need is tests. And so mm-hmm. that's something that um, is, hopefully we'll have some news on that soon. Okay. I okay. can't I can't um, really reveal anything right now. But <gasps> it's a secret. Um, we're, I mean, no, it, it's literally like we are free really figuring out who can help and um, the asks are being made. Okay. That that is a good question. I, you know, it's funny we would had been like thinking about you know these places stepping up for money, but then it does seem like they're they have like the knowledge and they have the labs and they have some of the can they or the contacts, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's really an interesting question. Um, I get the fun one. Why hasn't Memorial <laughs> Drive opened <laughs> even though the city council voted for it? So this is a complicated question. And for those of you who are not deeply steeped in Cambridge City politics we have something called the plan e style of government which means that the city council could vote for nine zero um on monday night to take all of the free cash that we have and buy um cadbury mini eggs with it which sounds like actually a really good idea at the moment anyway (laughs) they're on sale but what (laughs) what we're voting for is to ask the city manager and his staff if whether or not buying $250 $250 million worth of Cadbury mini eggs is a feasible thing. And then the city manager comes back and says that absolutely, that is bonkers. No. And I know you all voted for it, but no. Um, so what has happened with that was the city council voted five for it, three against, and one present. So there was not an overwhelming um, majority. And in addition, we're in the middle of this medical surge, as we've been talking about earlier with Dr. Bruno Martha saying, you know, we've got, we're in good shape right now in terms of not making hard decisions about who gets um, ventilators and, um, you know, making those hard decisions that lots of other countries and cities and we've been watching in New York um, and places where they are having um, a tremendous amount of COVID positive patients overwhelm their healthcare system. Um, I think there has been a feeling that it is not the right time to do that. Um, that certainly after the surge is over, um, it would be definitely a thing that we can talk about. Um, I, I know that the, for some reason it seems to be a flashpoint, this mm-hmm. uh, memorial drive, that there is a feeling that not just Cambridge residents would come use it, but people yeah. from lots of places would come and use it for recreation like they do in the summertime. So, um, I hope that it's something that we hear back from the city manager very soon about when a time we might be able to open Memorial Drive, um, you know, how soon after the medical surge is over, we could um, possibly open it up um, and really do what they are doing in other parts of um, eastern Massachusetts, which is opening up the DCR roads um, for, a, you know, safe physical distancing. I also um, would say that I think one of the other orders that we have on the table is around closing some streets. And Oakland 
has been having a really successful open streets program where they cl- they close off residential streets and you know people can ride their bikes they can run in the street they can physically distance they can walk um it's been a really successful program i did just see that in new york city uh the city council overruled the mayor um, and they want to open 27 miles in new york city of open streets and then in brookline i think actually what they are doing over there what they're piloting which is removing parking on some major corridors and then widening the sidewalks is actually a really great idea um you know it's really just not e- it's not possible to physically distance on our narrow side you know our sidewalks um i <laughs> i i am a runner i feel like that's like i feel like that's such a bad word right now i hate you i know no, i'm just I kidding i'm a runner too I believe it or not well and i have been running in my mask and i ran on the last time on sunday and it was so traumatizing because this lady started yelling at me um that I wasn't far enough away from her I was in the bike lane she was on the sidewalk I was wearing a mask she was wearing a mask um and she was just started yelling at me so you know it is I know that there's it's like tension right now with runners um but you know it's it's somebody said this earlier and I thought it was brilliant it's not a vanity thing it's a sanity thing and for people like me who have anxiety um during a really stressful time, uh, I definitely need the outlet. Um, it's not vanity, it's for my sanity. And so I'm really trying to do it in a safe way and, and distance myself from people and running in a mask is the, it's, you feel like you're actually, (laughs) it's really awful. But if you see a runner out there with a mask on, it's the most painful. It's just not, it's not a fun thing. We're doing it to keep people safe. And so please don't yell at people. Yeah, just please I don't yell at runners. I think I think we will be hearing back um, on this soon. Um, you know, the the as you s- mentioned, the expert advisory that we put together, they're supportive as a as am I. But I think watching the numbers um, and looking at the data, it, it was great to hear that from the doctor on Monday to say that okay, we're we hit our surge before Boston. This is what it's looking like, and I think that can inform. Um, some of these fears around congregating and, and mm-hmm. so forth that that are coming up um and i think there's a way to you know widen the path even um and do some other creative things that maybe our traffic is has been thinking thinking about so there's more to come uh on this uh, very exciting issue <laughs> uh what else has come up so what's being done for our senior population to support them this has been huge um and something that you know we've we're finally uh, been able to have a more organized approach. So the Cambridge Council on Aging launched a phone assurance program to reach the seniors who may be isolated at this time or unable to receive information digitally. We've also done the mailer. Um, if you know a senior who might benefit from a check-in call, please call the main line at 617-349-6220. The plan is really to reach um, right now every um, senior who's over 70 and make sure they're doing okay and those calls have started and people are just you know they're happy that we're calling and they're like you know can you call back in a few days just to check in so people are you know this is it's really important to have that connection and um and make those calls i think it's really helpful too in determining what resources need to be directed right like if you're you know i've made i think like 40 calls um a few weeks ago and it 
hearing the themes that came up mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. Um, not being able to get to the grocery store or feel safe going to the grocery store, but there's not any delivery options. So then that informs sort of, um, okay, what is the plan for people um, who don't feel safe or, you know, are medically vulnerable and can't go? Um, you know, if you look at, I saw a picture on Twitter last week of the market basket senior hours, which starts at six in the morning, by the way, that's really, really early. There was about 50 people in line. And yeah. y- yes, they were physically distanced. But, you know, these are these are elderly people that were saying we're OK with them wait- mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting in line outside um, of a market basket for who knows how long. So, you know, if there were some delivery options that were available, uh, that would be great. There's also, you know, there's just other themes that come up. Uh, especially around loneliness, like you said, um, you know, having that opportunity to say, could you call me back in a few days? I don't need anything right now, but I'm not really sure what um, the next week will bring. I think every day in this public health crisis is different. And I think our elderly residents are, I think, a lot of times isolated anyway. Um, And now they can't even leave to go for a walk or everything just feels... I know my unsafe. mom is so emotional. <laughs> I'm like, how is your mom? I was just thinking about her. Oh. She's still working. No, thank goodness. I had to have a breakdown multiple times and the phone like more than once, uh, more than once. Call her crying and just was there a crying one and then a yelling one crying, yelling, just like saying, you know, you know, for those of you know this, but my brother and his wife are having a baby. I'm oh. going to be an aunt and they're in um, Texas. They're in Texas. And. I was like, you know, you have to meet your grandson. Oh, right? you pulled that oh, one I out? Oh, I did. To both of them. I was like, you have to meet your grandson <laughs> and like whatever future grandkids you're going to have. <laughs> you know, like, you know, just please. She was like, oh, <laughs> she was like, get this okay. knife out of my chest. So she's been actually texting with some of her coworkers from the star market. And she really, lo- she loves the customers, right? This is oh, why she does her. it. Yeah. They love her. This is why she does it. They're she probably d- still worried about her. Did you put a sign up? Like, <laughs> she's fine. Well, you she's know, fine, everyone. I think she's she, at sh- home. she showed up early April at one of the Sundays. You know, I remember when I told you, I was like, oh my gosh, she showed up and is like there. And people were thanking her to be there, you know, and all these things. And she felt so appreciated. And I was like, mom, but like. You really shouldn't be there. You know, she's 68. She has some asthma. Like, right. oh, my God, like prime suspect or, you know, for COVID, you know, you should get COVID-19 any day. And so um, anyway, it's been a struggle. But she's she's lo- she's she, thank God she's my dad. And they're like, fine. They're not driving each other crazy. Not yet. Okay. But like, I'm sure I, I think they they must be. But <laughs> we're it's just it's, when you have elderly parents, it's like you have to really I, I mean, I FaceTime with her probably multiple times a day. Oh, that's so sweet. Multiple from my office. I like the first thing she asks every morning is like, "Are you at home or city hall?" I'm like, Aww. "I'm at city hall." As a whole, like, <laughs> she'll watch the meeting on Tuesday, and she was like, oh. <laughs> "I was texting you too," but she was like, "Why isn't your mask on?" Because <laughs> it kept falling, falling off. and then she was like, "Please wash your hands afterwards." Such how a are your mom. How are your parents? Um, they're both good. I have to say, my mom lives in Charlestown, so it's actually easy. We can. You know, if she needs something from the grocery store, we drop it off for her. My dad is far away. He's really far. And they're... Vancouver. Yeah. And so they're in a different wave of their COVID time, right? Like, so I just talked to him the other night and he was like, well, I'm going out to the pharmacy. And I was like, why? I know. And he was like, well, because, you know, it's not as bad here as as it is there. And I like to go for a walk. And I was like, well, you have a mask and you have gloves, right? Like when you go and he's like, no, no one does that here. And I was like, dad, it's coming. 
right? Like, just wear a mask now. Like, just wear a mask now. Right. And he's like, well, I can't find a mask. So anyways, I had to figure out how to get him a mask. Oh. So, but they're both good, and they're both being good about staying at home, which was, I was, that was the thing I was really nervous about, because er- as everybody knows, parents don't listen to their kids. They really they don't. They really don't. They just don't care. I think that's the, that not that they don't care, is that they have, they have a hard time just switching care. from being the ones that they, that are listened to, to the ones that, um, I, I just think it's a hard transition. I will probably not, <laughs> I will probably also have a hard time. But anyway, um, so yeah, I guess that's sort of the questions that people had. Um, we are happy to be back. We will be doing this uh, more often because we know that it's a thing that um, people need to hear uh, what's going on in the city and get some of those great questions asked. I mean, think it's really hard to, the, the city council meetings have been hard um, because there's only a limited amount of time and people have a lot of questions and we get a lot of emails. So we thought we would take this opportunity to really think about, you know, aggregating those questions and putting it out on Twitter and Facebook. And we were really happy to hear from all of you. So if you do have more questions, we're going to be doing this next week. Please feel free to email mayor at cambridgema.gov or you can tweet at me, A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N or at... What is my Twitter handle? Oh yeah, S-U-M-B-U-L. S-I-D-D. Yeah, Sumble said. Yeah. Um, so that's it for us today. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy. Um, don't watch The Rachel Divide. Oh my God, don't. Don't. <laughs> I mean, I know you're bored. I know you're do at not home, do but it. do not do it. Mrs. America. Oh, also Insecure started. Oh, you have to season, give me your HBO login. I think it's season four. It is. I watched the first two episodes. Is it good? It's so good. And I forgot how much her friend Kelly is my favorite person. I So I really need to watch. So anyone who wants to give me their <laughs> HBO, <laughs> go password. Mary Sadiqi is looking. I am I'm recommending both of those shows for your quarantine <laughs> pleasure. Um, but And also, I just have to have a shout out that I picked up my, I was able to order Gracie's ice cream online. It sells out in like two minutes. That's in Somerville. I know. But like. It's good that you're supporting them. No, I, I, I think that's okay. But. Honeycomb Creamery, y'all. Oh, and are they doing this type of um, like flash sale on? Oh, it's a flash sale. Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought it was just like regular. No, no, no. So you like, you. It's like a bagel source is doing it too. (gasps) Oh, okay. But that also sells out in like less than a minute. They open up at a window, and if you get in, then you can pick up bagels on. I think you do it on like Tuesdays. Okay, cool. cool. Thursdays. Okay, may I? I, You have to tell me or text me about this. Why would I do that? Because I want the oh, bagels. You're right. You're right. I um, do follow. It. Oh, and also Lizzie's is doing. Oh, Lizzie's is doing delivery. Yes. Yes. My friend Phil from high school. That's right. We have to support them. Phil from high school. Um, I also did just see that Julia is doing takeout. Like, <gasps> a, yes, of their like fam- like famous mm. pasta with sauce. And oh, I have to mention that I had the best takeout from Bondier. Oh. On um broadway down near lamplighter delicious what did you get we got like this um steak and salad and then an entire like pie (laughs) ginger i'm telling you i ate that pie my family each had like a small piece and then i ate the entire rest of it it was like a it was the best pie i've ever had i'm not even kidding well ginger it was uh, like an apple ginger with like rhubarb or pear. Oh my gosh, I want so that. 
It was so good. The crust was really good. Anyway, lots of opportunities to support your local restaurants and businesses. Um, I want to do takeout tonight. Yeah, and a Cambridge Local First just did a like a oh, yeah. what's open um, in Cambridge um, by you know by breakdown of of restaurants, food and drink, um, and so as things come online, then they they're going to be populating that. I tweeted it out last night, um, but I, I can tweet it out again. Um, but so that's really interesting. We were looking at it today to see like what was open. So thanks to Cambridge Local First for doing that. Um, and okay, so we are done. We are thankful that you are here. We're happy that you're safe and happy and healthy. Um, please let us know if you have any questions or if you need anything. And we will see you very soon. You take care. Bye-bye.